You're listening to the Mystical Catholic Podcast. Hey friends, welcome to the Mystical Catholic Podcast, where we discuss the mystics and the mystical. I'm your host, Lainey Solis, and in today's episode, we will continue our discussion about the Eucharist in the New Testament. So let's just go ahead and get started. So first, we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, verses 46 to 47. Paul writes, Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. So from the Catholic perspective, here we are getting a glimpse at what the early days of the church looked like. Believers sat and broke bread together, something the disciples passed on to the early church. So for us as Catholics, this is the earliest form of what we now call the Eucharist. Paul also writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 16 to 17, Is this the cup of blessing which we bless, not a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is the bread which we break not a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. So In Corinthians, this is instruction from Paul to the Church of Corinth on how they were to commune together. And he's saying that in our communion with one another, by taking the cup and the bread, we are actually participating with the body and blood of Christ. It reminds us that we are all one body, though we are many, because we all partake of the same bread of Jesus in the Eucharist. The bread at Mass in Spain, Italy, Russia, Mexico, anywhere that Mass is performed in the world and the bread is consecrated, anyone who participates in it is connected to the body of Christ. So even though we might be divided from our brothers and sisters in Christ by sea or land, we are all connected through partaking of the Eucharist in the body of Christ. And this is what the Catholic Church teaches, is that when we partake of the Eucharist, it connects all of us together because it connects all of us to the body of Christ. Let's also look at another passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 28 to 29. Paul tells the people of Corinth, But a person must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For the one who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment upon himself if he does not properly recognize the body. So there's something special to point out about this verse and why I bring it up. So as Catholics, we are called to examine ourselves through an examination of conscience or just examine our faults and maybe sins that we have committed before receiving the Eucharist. And you can see that here. That is what Paul is asking these people to do. He's asking them to examine themselves interiorly in their hearts before partaking of this bread and wine. So this points to something about the bread and wine, that it is not just bread and wine. Because if it was, why would you need to examine yourself? before partaking of it. It's just bread and wine, no harm, no foul. So it's got to be something more than that. It means something more than just being bread and wine, more than just something that we all do together and remembrance of Jesus. 
It is something that truly brings us together mystically. There's something mystical here that is occurring because if Jesus is truly present in the bread and wine, which Catholics believe, then this makes sense. When we are coming to Jesus in the Eucharist, we should be presenting our best selves to Jesus because he is about to enter into our tabernacle, our bodies. And we need to be as prepared for him as possible. So Paul here is pointing to the need for acknowledging our sins and asking for forgiveness before receiving the Eucharist. Because if we don't, when we partake of the Eucharist, every time we partake of it, we are calling upon ourselves judgment from Christ. So we shouldn't receive it unworthily. And next we have John chapter 15 verse 5, which says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. From a Catholic perspective, this verse is a parallel, a imagery or foreshadowing, if you will, of the Eucharist. Because here we see that Christ describes himself as a vine. And vines bear grapes, which then can be pressed and crushed to become wine. So Jesus is making a unique connection to the blood which he will shed or has shed for us, and without him, we can do nothing. And that's the whole point of the Eucharist, is that it connects us to Christ in a very unique and intimate way. I don't know about you, but when I am closer to Christ, not only in prayer and in relationship with him, but also when I receive the Eucharist more frequently, I feel stronger in my faith. I feel more connected to him and I feel more, I feel that I have the ability to withstand temptation better, which makes sense because when we draw near to Christ, we are strengthened by that connection with him. And we can see this practice as well of prayer and closeness with Christ and breaking of bread in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 where Paul writes, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So this was common practice amongst the early church to come together with one another, break bread and to keep close in prayer. And that's what we continue to do today. You can find that at mass. We come together as a community to break bread with one another, to partake of the Eucharist, to be connected and united, not only with Christ and the body of Christ, but united with each other through it. So these are the three things that happen at Mass when it comes to the Eucharist. Mass is a sacrifice. It is a holy meal, not just a holy meal, but a wedding feast. And the Eucharist is the real presence of Christ. We've touched a lot on the Eucharist being the real presence of Christ throughout this series. At least that's what I've been trying to drive home is that the Eucharist is the real presence of Christ. But what about it being a sacrifice at Mass or it being a holy meal? So Christ is a sacrifice in the Mass because just as he said, do this in remembrance of me at the Last Supper, he's talking about his sacrifice on the cross that we are partaking of the Eucharist in remembrance of that sacrifice, but not only that, the Eucharist is a re-presentation of that one singular sacrifice at Mass, and we as the laity are called to offer up our own sufferings and sacrifices along with him. 
So just as Christ sacrificed himself in a bloody manner, the Eucharist is the representation of that sacrifice in an unbloody manner. We'll be discussing further what the Catechism has to say about the Eucharist next week, but here's a little snippet from the Catechism about the unity of Christ's sacrifice with us. It says, The lives of the faithful, their praise, sufferings, prayer, and work are united with those of Christ and with his total offering, and so acquire a new value. So we each have our own sacrifices to bring to the altar at Mass. Whatever we may be struggling with, all of ourself, we offer up on that altar as well to God. So then how is the Eucharist a holy meal? Well, the Eucharist being Jesus Christ himself is divine. So it is holy and it is a wedding feast. We can look at the wedding of Cana, for example, as a sort of foreshadowing as to what to expect when it comes to the Eucharist, where Christ transforms water into wine at the wedding feast. The Eucharist is transformed into the body and blood of Christ, which sustains us. And it is a celebration. The Mass is a celebration. We see a lot of imagery in the Bible of the church being the bride of Christ. So it would make sense that this is also a wedding feast when it comes to Jesus being the bridegroom and the church his bride. And I think I've mentioned this before in one of the previous episodes about the Eucharist. This is one of my favorite ways to view Mass is through the lens of it being a holy meal or a wedding feast. Because as a woman who is married, when I walk down the aisle to go receive the Eucharist, I feel as though I am walking to my groom, if that makes sense. It's a very loving and intimate experience to view Mass in that way least for for me as as a woman and I don't know I just picture him up there as I'm walking down the aisle and I can't help but smile at who I am about to receive because like we've discussed before the manna that came down from heaven sustained for a short while food only sustains us for a short while that is of this earth but the Eucharist the Eucharist is food that sustains us forever because it's not just meant to sustain us bodily it is meant to be food for the soul it is meant to unite us to Christ and his mystical body meaning the entirety of the church as well so those in heaven as well as those here on earth or the laity it is meant to work within us to change us and to lead us to him and away from temptation. It's really important for us to talk about the Eucharist and discuss it because, like I've mentioned before, there was a study done or a survey done back in 2019 that said that only 31% of Catholics believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. 31%. It should be way more than that. The Eucharist is so powerful and profound it is a gift to us and to not completely accept that or wrap your mind around it i get it it's hard because it's so mystical it's beyond human understanding even i can only go so far to understand it i will never fully understand how it happens how christ does it but if he can change water into wine why is it not possible for him to change wine and bread into his body and blood? All right, so that's where I'm going to leave you for this week on a little bit of a, not so much of a cliffhanger, but just something to ponder. 
and next time we will discuss the Eucharist when it comes to the Catechism and what the Catechism has to say about the Eucharist, and hopefully we'll get some more clarity there. But for now, I appreciate you being here with me and listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're new here, I hope you really loved it, and I'm glad you're here. Um, If you did enjoy it, please consider subscribing and following us on social media or sharing this episode with a friend. And if you would love to support the podcast even more, you can hop on over to patreon.com slash the mystical catholic and sign up there to get some goodies while also helping support the podcast. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. May the peace and light of Christ be with you always. 